Tiki Hut Media. From Tiki Hut Media, this is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hey there, I'm Jerry. Welcome into Soul Ramblings podcast for this week. So glad you could join us and... From Manatee Life Church, 315 15th Street East in Bradenton, Florida. We have a link to our website and the Facebook page in our show notes of this episode. You can watch the entire service there. But we have the sermon series that we're beginning this week. It's called Greater Reward. Now more than ever, we need a fresh start. You could do what you've always done. Choose what you want now over what you want most, but there's a greater reward waiting for you. And we began this week to discover how to let go of the status quo and stay focused on who God says you are and what he wants for your life. This week, week one features the message, Help, I'm Out of Control, from Romans 7, 15 through 25. There is a greater reward waiting, and we have that coming up. And when I describe Manatee Life Church to other folks, I often quote the late author Rachel Held Evans, who said uh, she was talking about the kingdom of God. But I think if we replace that with the church, Manatee Life Church, we're a bunch of outcasts and oddballs gathered at a table, not because we are rich or worthy or good, but because they are hungry, because they said yes, and there's always room for more. And I think that's a pretty good description of us. And I believe Manatee Life Church is a Christian community dedicated to helping people find faith, hope, dignity, and unity alongside each other. We love to throw parties, tell stories, find hope, and practice the ways of Jesus as best we can. We're at different places on our journey, for sure, but we share a guiding story, a sweeping epic drama called The Bible. We find faith as we follow Jesus and share a willingness to honestly wrestle with God and our questions and doubts. We find dignity as God's image bearers and strive to call out that dignity in one another. We all receive, we all give. We are old, young, poor, rich, conservative, liberal, single, married, gay, straight, evangelicals, progressives, overeducated, undereducated, certain, doubting, hurting, thriving, Yet Christ's love binds our differences together in unity. We envision Manatee Life Church as a place where everyone is safe, but no one is comfortable. A place where we tell one another the truth in love. A place of sanctuary for all. We extend a special welcome to those who are single, married, divorced, widowed, gay, confused, filthy rich, comfortable, or dirt poor. We welcome those who are in recovery and those who are still addicted. We welcome you if you're having problems or down in the dumps or don't like organized religion at all. We offer a special welcome to those who could use a prayer right now, had religion shoved down their throats as kids, or got lost and wound up here by mistake. We welcome gamers, tourists, seekers, doubters, and you at Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith. Be sure to find out more about us by going to our website, Manatee Life. God's word for today, our scripture lesson, comes to us from the book of Romans, chapter 7, starting with 
verse 15, the very first line, you're going to hear because she's going to hear me say this. My wife will say amen after this first sentence. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. Amen. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing because I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I do the thing that I hate. But if I'm doing the thing that I don't want to do, I'm agreeing that the law is right. But now, I'm not the one doing it anymore. Instead, it's sin that lives in me. I know that good doesn't live in me, that is, in my body. The desire to do good is inside of me, but I can't do it. I don't do the good that I want to do, but I do the evil that I don't want to do. But if I do the very thing that I don't want to do, then I'm not the one doing it anymore. Instead, it is sin that lives in me that is doing it. So I find that, as a rule, when I want to do what is good, evil is right there with me. I gladly agree with the law on the inside, but I see a different law at work in my body. It wages a war against the law of my mind and takes me prisoner with the law of sin that is in my body. I'm a miserable human being. Who will deliver me from this dead corpse? Thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I'm a slave to God's law in my mind, and I'm a slave to sin's law in my body. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. Good and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of these, our hearts, be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. We'll start with a riddle this morning. See if you can answer this riddle. I am the only thing that always tells the truth. I show off everything I see. I come in all shapes and sizes. So tell me, what must I be? Anybody know? A mirror. A mirror. Riddles, I like riddles because sometimes, especially after you know the answer, it seems so obvious when you go back and read the riddle again. And I like to think about those and Most of us can come up with at least an answer, even if it's an incorrect one, if we think about it long enough. But what about those puzzling questions of life that seem to have no sensible answers? And you think about it, and you think about it, and even if there is a possible solution, it doesn't seem to satisfy everybody. Not everybody's happy with the answer. I found out that Those are not necessarily riddles. Those are called conundrums. And I like that word. I even like saying conundrum. Conundrums, Webster defines, are any puzzling question or problem. Any puzzling question or problem. And bright people love conundrums because they think if they can use all their brain power and they really, really work long enough and hard enough, they can come up with an answer. But as I said, the unique thing about a conundrum is, most of the time, an answer we come up with will not satisfy everybody. I'll give you a 
real life case in point. I read this story. I'll change the names to protect the innocent. But there was, back in the 80s, a Lutheran church that was going through a transition in pastors. And they were looking for their new pastor. They did things there a little different than we in the Methodist church do. They had a pastor search committee. And they narrowed the search down to two pastors. We'll call one Pastor A and one Pastor B. They, The committee decided on these two, brought it before the church, what we would call a charge conference, the church conference. The church voted, and they voted to accept Pastor A as their new pastor. The church secretary, being diligent, Again, this is in the 80s. This is before email and internet and all of that. Wrote out a letter, typed it up, put it in the mail. The only problem is she sent it to Pastor B. (laughs) Pastor B received the letter. He was ecstatic. He resigned from his current church, sent a letter back to the church was thankful to God that they had called him to be their pastor. The church is now in a conundrum because it was then they realized the wrong pastor got the letter. So what do you do? Do you tell Pastor B that he really wasn't the one selected and leave him now without a church because he's resigned from his previous church? Or... Do you take Pastor B, knowing all the while that the congregation's choice was Pastor A? And if you do that, do you tell Pastor B that he was really their second choice? I mean, he's going to find out anyway, right? Conundrum. No human answer that's really going to satisfy everybody. No matter how determined a problem solver you are, the answer you come up with is not going to satisfy everybody. Incidentally, I don't know much about the long-term effect of that church's decision, but they did decide to keep Pastor B. They also promptly fired the church secretary. (laughs) In these verses from Romans that were just read, the Apostle Paul presents us with a conundrum of the first order. Here's the way Paul says it. I don't know what I'm doing. Or in other words, I don't understand my own actions. British scholar J.B. Phillips came out with a translation of the New Testament, the Phillips translation of the New Testament. And he translates this verse this way. My own behavior baffles me, for I do not do what I want to but I do the very thing I hate. Paul is describing this conundrum that is his life. There's a constant tension within himself when it comes to doing the right thing. Oh, he he knows what the right thing is. He knows what the right choices are. He can wish to do them. He can share with his friends what he believes he should do. But when it comes down to it, where the rubber meets the road, when it comes to doing it, 
and doing the right thing more often than not, he's telling us he fails. And the harder he tries to obey, it seems the more likely he is to disobey. Makes no sense. Makes no sense to the reasonable person, but there it is. He's out of control. And here is our conundrum. Why is it that so often we have really good intentions? We want to change. We want to do the right thing. But we find it so difficult to make these changes in our lives. So we're beginning a new sermon series this week. And over the next three weeks, what I want to do is I want to look at very specifically how do we choose what I'm going to call, or better yet, Pastor uh, Craig Rochelle came up with this. Look for the greater reward. The greater reward. What I want to do is talk about this gift of discipline. Already I can see some eyes rolling. Discipline. Oh, we don't like that. I don't want to work that hard. I hate discipline. But what is discipline? A very simple definition of discipline is this. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want right now. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now with the help of God. So think about it. If we're Christian, we know what? We know that we're supposed to do good. We're supposed to honor God. We're not supposed to do bad. We're supposed to do good. We're supposed to pray, read the Bible, be nice, serve, be generous. We're not supposed to do bad. We don't lie. We don't cheat. We don't steal. We don't yell at people in the store. We know we're not, we know we're supposed to do good and not supposed to do bad. So what do we do? We do something bad. We say, Oh, I'm going to change. I'm going to change that. We try with all our willpower to change. And we try. We try. And we try. Not going to say bad words. I'm going to be nice to everybody. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. But eventually, I keep trying, and I keep trying, and then what I want now takes precedence over what I want most, and my willpower fades away. And what do we do? We give in. And without even knowing how many times, if you're sitting here right now, you look back, and you say, I can't believe I did that. What was I, how many times have you said it? What was I thinking? Am I the only one? Anybody else? Yeah. But then we take it a step further, or I know I do, and Paul even does this as well in this passage. We take it a step further. We start relating our failure to our identity. And we tell ourselves things like, I'm a bad person. I'm a failure. I'll never amount to anything. I'm pathetic. I'm worthless. I'll never change. I don't have what it takes. 
I could never be healthy. I'll never be pure. The conundrum starts when we try to connect our failure to our identity. And this is vitally important. Why? Well, the key to really changing, the key to having that discipline starts with our identity. So what do we do? We try hard to be something that we're not. But deep down, that distorted identity discourages us and disrupts our ability to become who God is calling us to become. And one day we wake up and think, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I can't do it. I really can never be anything different. Something's got to be wrong with me. Something's not working. Something's not right. Listen to me. It's not something that's not right. It's not something that you're missing. It's someone. And that someone has more power than any of us have on our own. The Apostle Paul was wrestling with this. When he comes upon the truth, he preaches to himself, really. He says, who will deliver me from this dead corpse? In other words, who can help me change? Who can help me be different? Who can help me honor God? Who can help me be good? And then he answers his own question. Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. It's in Jesus Christ. It is a power that I do not have and you do not have because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And this is the key. It starts with identity. It's not about behavior. It's not about behavior modification. What we're talking about is spiritual transformation. And it's it's a night and day difference. It's not trying to be a better version of you, you version 2.0. It's about a power greater than you have that changes you from the inside out and empowers you to become the person that God wants you to be. It starts with our identity. So often, we deceive ourselves and believe that we are what we did. You're bad because you failed. Listen, you're not what you did. You are not who others say you are. You are not even what that voice in your own head that tries to discourage you and condemn you in your mind. You're not that either. Who are you? You are who God says you are. You are who He says you are. And if you're in Christ, here's some things from Scripture that He says you are. You're forgiven. You messed up? You're forgiven. If you're in Christ, He says you're free. If you're in Christ, He says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He says, you're an ambassador of the Most High God. He says, you're called and you're set apart. You have the righteousness of God in Christ dwelling within you. He says, you can do all things, anything he calls you to do through the power of Christ that gives you strength. He says, you're an overcomer. When you know who you are, you know what to do. It's not behavior modification. It's spiritual transformation. 
and how you see the core of your identity when you become a child of God. You're not a better version of you. You're different. You're new. The Scripture says the old self, that pathetic thing, is gone. And behold, because of Jesus, all things become new. It's a transformation. You belong to Jesus when you recognize you belong to Jesus. When it's not just a Sunday school lesson or you're filling out your social media and you're putting your name and everything in there and it asks what your religious beliefs are and you type in Christian. No, no, no. It's more than that. It becomes your identity. And when it becomes your identity, it changes everything. And what I'm, what I'm trying to say, the best way I can describe this is if you take, I know with the prices of everything now, there's not a lot of these floating around, but if you take a $100 bill, and you hold it up to the light. What do you see in there? You see watermarks. And it's how, it's how retailers and, and folks can check to see if the money is counterfeit. Well, that watermark is not just a stamp on that bill. A watermark is actually woven into the fabric of the paper so that it cannot be counterfeited. It is actually part of that currency. It's part of the paper that makes up that currency, the very foundation of it. That's what Jesus Christ in us is. It's the very foundation. It is who we are. It is our identity. When God holds us up, to the light. He sees His Son, Jesus Christ, the watermark. If you have surrendered your life and declared Him as Lord, you belong to Jesus. You've been adopted into the family of God. You are a joint heir with Christ. You belong to Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, I belong to Jesus. Say it again, I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. The answer is in Jesus Christ. And I belong to Jesus. When we say that, we're not just saying that. We're internalizing that. Where it becomes that watermark on our spiritual lives. Say it like you believe it. I belong. I belong to Jesus. He is my source. I belong to Jesus. He is my identity. I belong to Jesus. He is my strength. I belong to Jesus. I can't do this on my own. I can't make myself better. I belong to Jesus. He makes me better. His power is made perfect in my weakness. I belong to Jesus. When you recognize you belong to Jesus, listen, you're no longer a slave to your desires. But you're filled with the Spirit of God that gives you strength. Where you look back and you try and you tried and you tried and you ended up failing. You belong to Jesus. He gives you that strength to where you're not trying on your own, but you're transformed and you're different from the inside out. It's the spirit that gives you the strength to choose what you want most over what you want now. So how do we do this? 
practically. How do we do this? How do we live this out? Like, we're not, we're not in church. Let's look, let's look ahead a little bit. We're not in church on Sunday morning here at Manatee Life. It's Tuesday. Let's go a couple of days in advance. It's Tuesday. And oh, you really want to be angry. Oh, how do I live this out? The Apostle Paul said in Galatians 5.16, he said, be guided by the Spirit. Another translation says it a little bit better, I think. It says, walk by the Spirit. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk by the Spirit. And when we do that, we walk by the Spirit. The rest of that verse says, you won't carry out your selfish desires. Walking with the Spirit of God. Notice what Paul said. He said, you're walking. He didn't say you're running. He said, you're walking. In other words, it takes time. It takes time to get there. And the challenge with what we want right now is that what we want right now always, almost always has an immediate benefit. I mean, if we're on a diet, that cookie and that donut tastes pretty good right now. Sending that mean and hateful text when you're angry, oh, it feels good right now. The selfish desires have an immediate payoff. But the greater reward almost always takes more time. It's walking by the Spirit, depending on God day by day, moment by moment. It leads to the greater reward. Listen. None of us have the willpower to become who we're supposed to become. None of us. Not on our own. But a little secret for you. And here's the secret. Galatians 5, 22 through 26 says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against things like this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the self with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, if we walk by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit. Let's not become arrogant. Make each other angry or be jealous of each other. The secret when things get out of control is God's spirit in you. God's spirit in you helps you choose what you want most over what you want right now. And that's how we change. It's not by our willpower, but by the power of the spirit that dwells within you. I ran across this prayer from Paul in Ephesians chapter 3. And in this prayer, Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus because they were out of control a little bit. He says, This is why I kneel before the Father, 
every ethnic group in heaven and on earth is recognized by him. I ask that he will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of his glory through the Spirit. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith. As a result of having strong roots in love, as a result of having strong roots in love, I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth together with all believers. I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Glory to God who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and always. Amen. May that be our prayer as well. Because there is no more conundrum. We belong to Jesus. The conundrum is no more. Let's pray. So, Father, today, I ask that you would begin a string of miracles in people who need your power. And Father, we're going to approach change not by just trying and hoping on our own, but over the next couple of weeks, learning what your word says, starting with our identity, because we belong to you. And God, because we belong to you, I pray that you would help us to depend on your spirit. Teach us, oh God, moment by moment. We know God, we won't always get it right. But when we fail, we don't run from you, God. We run to you. Teach us to walk by the Spirit moment by moment, depending on you. So we will not gratify our selfish desires, but instead, God, we would honor you in all that we do. We thank you in advance. We thank you for the one who sets us free, Jesus Christ. Amen. And until next week, next week, part two of this series includes a dirty word for the church. Change. Uh, Why can't I change? So get ready for that. As we go forth from this place, remember, we belong to Jesus. No more conundrum. Go in peace. Amen. We stream live on Facebook and on our website and on YouTube every Sunday morning at 1030 Eastern, Manatee Life Church. And the links to those are in the show notes of this episode. You can always get social with us here at Soul Ramblings Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Got links to those pages in the show notes as well. And wherever you're listening today, if you would click subscribe, you'll never miss a new episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. I really, really appreciate you listening in to Soul Ramblings Podcast. And here is a last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Be sure to join us for week two of Greater Reward when we ask the question, why can't I change? 
Until then, I'm Jerry Wicker. Keep the conversation going. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Thank you.